Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to BetOnline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. Hanging out with you on a Wednesday night. Feels a little strange, uh, but earlier this week, obviously, because of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we get football on Friday, we get football on Saturday, we get football on Sunday. So we are here early to answer your questions. We are here early to hang out. And we are here early drinking Killcliffe and Mighty Swell and any other sponsored Blackberry thing that we tonight. have. Ooh, the Blackberry. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a fave. Really love. Really love the blackberry flavor. That's really the peach. I am really phenomenal. The peach, man. Yeah, the peach, peach is, is phenomenal. Really good. I'm trying I not to run through those too much. Hit me like that. I was like, "Wow, I'll try peach." I'm not a big peach fan. I went, "Oh dear God, that is dangerously awesome." The key with peach is it's got to be a more subtle, subtly flavored. Like if you get yeah. some of these other ones that are just like it feels like you're just piled with sugar. Uh-uh. You need a more subtly flavored one, and they have that. I try not to run through all the peaches because I got the combo packs. They sent me a nice combo pack for Christmas. Yep. Uh, yeah. The Mighty Swell team is awesome. But I got to make sure I don't drink all the peaches. I got to kind of steady them out a little bit. Got to save them a little bit. The peaches disappeared in the first half of the Bucks. Awesome, phenomenal game last <laughs> week before I had to move on. I was about to break open one of their awesome recipes where you mix it with hard liquor and go, okay, peach and bourbon sounds great. I might have to get in on this here in a minute. Mm. There is a there is a Tito's vodka drink that they posted the other day that involves the peach uh, and flavored Mighty Swell seltzer, and that is definitely happening for the holidays, and more than likely will happen during football. So you know, those times when five percent alcohol is not enough. Oh you yeah, go a little yeah. harder than that. We just mix it up. We'll be good. Yeah. AKA when we're watching any of the football teams that we care about, because that's what happens that's, when you're watching these well, games. I don't drink on Sundays. This Sunday was. Made yeah, yeah, you need those Georgia peach. It was uh, it was a little scary in Atlanta for a little while. So that's we'll we'll see how things shake out for the rest of the year. Let's do starter sit to start the pod today, guys. Um, obviously, it's championship week. If you're here, congratulations. If you're in a consolation bracket, there are plenty of reasons to still be dialed in. I loved today. I heard from a couple of people that I know on social that interact with us a lot. And they said that one of the things they've done in their dynasty league, with I, which I absolutely love, is they broke it out into two brackets, right? So they got the winner's bracket and the loser's bracket. And whoever wins the loser's bracket gets the first overall pick in the upcoming draft, right? Love that. That's a great way love to keep it. people dialed in all year and not check out once they hit the, the postseason time. So for all you commissioners out there, if you're playing, I think that's those are some fun ways to get people involved. I think that's a good way to keep everybody dialed all, in all season. I highly recommend that. I'm in a long-term fantasy baseball league that is that's keeper, okay. and we 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 have a lottery too. We do like a full-ass draft lottery, uh, but you get the best <laughs> odds if you win the consolation bracket. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think anything to keep people playing longer 
in fantasy is the best. And I think even if you're you're out, you miss time, as I've said on the show before, pay attention because you can learn a lot of things that can give you an advantage in next year's draft by paying attention this year and paying attention to the way these seasons end. So hopefully you're playing for a championship or a consolation championship or at least just for pride this week. I uh, it, it's it's one of those things. I think we're we're gonna have so many big questions this off season, depending on who you're talking about about these top tier guys. So I'm really looking forward to some of these off season conversations and who's been paying attention this last quarter of the year and how things have shook out. All right, guys, let's start with quarterbacks. The first one, if you told me <laughs> that I was gonna ask this question at any point this season, I would have told you you are out of your bleeping mind okay i would have said there's no chance it's not happening not not even in consideration okay but here's where we are the year 2020 and russell wilson and mitchell trubisky are in a sentence at the same time and my heart is skipping a beat okay there i just i cannot even with this situation so trubisky's playing jacksonville we know what that matchup looks like we know what that defense looks like we know what russell wilson has looked like over the last Basically, month and a half since that mid-October point, he has not been the let Russ cook version of himself that he was the first six weeks of the season. They're also playing the LA Rams coming off of an absolute ass whooping, right? An embarrassment beyond embarrassment, losing to the New York Jets. So, Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. Who are you playing? Who are you more confident in going into championship week? I actually got asked this question earlier today on Twitter, and I thought this would be a great topic for the show. Uh, I actually have Trubisky one spot above Russell Wilson, and October me can't believe what I'm saying right now. But uh, over the last – basically since Mitch took back over as a starting quarterback, he's averaging more than a point per game more than Russell Wilson. He's got a better matchup. I don't know what to expect from Russ. Uh, I Look, my concern – the only concern with Trubisky is something Jake pointed out on our show earlier this week, which is – the Bears might be able to run it so effectively and so often that it's going to depress Trubisky's value a little bit. But you're not getting that much from Russell Wilson. He got you, I think, 10.5 points against the the same Rams team a few weeks back. It hasn't been good for a while for fantasy purposes for him. So I would actually ever so slightly start Trubisky over Wilson this week. Who the hell thought we'd ever have this conversation? I know. Uh, by the way, we're going to go another year without Russell Wilson getting an MVP vote. So it's mm-hmm. still going to be a thing when he tears it up next year in September. Just to play devil's advocate, Russell's going to have to throw the crap out of it to win. I think there's probably some stuff on tape now from the Rams from the last time they played them. They played some really good defenses here recently too, including last week. But he didn't get anything done. I mean, I, I'm trying to like – play devil's advocate and throw something out there a reason why you know it's mitch you know it's mitch jake it's okay no, it, it is i'm just trying to like maybe throw something else out there it's like the bears defense is going to dominate they're going to have extra possessions he's mm-hmm. been great in the red zone his chemistry with Allen robinson in the red zone has been spectacular i'm just like russell's going to have to throw the hell out of it if they have a chance to win they both got a lot on the line i mean it's it's, it's mitch it's mitch it's it's hard to uh it's, it's hard, hard to say out loud. Didn't say anything else. I mean, it really is. <laughs> hard to say out loud. It's hard to say out loud. It is. It is. Like it I is. stared. I saw that question in my mentions, and I stared at it for a long time. And I, went, I went. I hope Jamie answers this, and I went. Wait, there's a comment. And it was Jamie yeah. answering. Oh, thank God, I'm not. Yeah, talking. I just and and it's just it's it's so tough, and this is the time of year where I get it. Like, look, I get if you're like I'm going to ride with Russell Wilson. 
But you haven't been riding with Russell Wilson. I can't imagine you're in the fantasy championships now in most scenarios where he's been the only quarterback you've had on your roster for these last five or six weeks. I imagine you've had somebody else, but maybe it was Russ and Ben. <laughs> or maybe it was Russ and Carr. And you're not sure if he's going to play. Like now you have to make these decisions. Trubisky's available on a ton of leagues. Like I, I would do it this week. I, I would take the plunge. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely strange. It feels weird saying out loud, but for the first time ever, I saw Mitch uh, in a press conference, and he said he felt more comfortable than he's ever felt in Chicago. And I was like, just hasn't happened, man. It's a weird set of mm -hmm. circumstances. 2020 has been very strange, and nothing surprises me at this point. So Russell Wilson, Mitchell Trubisky, definitely a weird one. Next one. Tom Brady or Baker Mayfield, right? So we know where Tom is playing. He's playing against Detroit in that matchup. It's a very uh, pretty favorable one. Uh, and Baker's also got a favorable matchup against the New York Jets. So two very good matchups here. Jake, I'll let you take this one first. Are you riding with Tom going on the road to play Detroit, or are you feeling uh, the big show in New York? This is easy. Baker's team wants to run the hell out of it. They're going to get up and run the hell out of it. Tom doesn't have their best running back. I don't think Ronald Jones is going to play in this game. You saw what happened with Fournette last week. It was really good, but they're going to ride with Tom. They have the weapons. Detroit is dead last in damn near any category you can possibly bring up on defense, including most COVID case coaches. Like, Say, Mike, including number left. of coaches that will be on the sideline for them. Like it's uh, This is easy. I mean, I expect Tom to have another monster day, probably bigger than last week. Maybe not the yards, but I expect more touchdowns. So I, this, this one's easy to me. Yeah, okay. I'm going Tom. Terrific Tom as well here. Uh, I, look, Baker's startable, uh, but I think if you have the cho choice between the two, I'm going to go Brady against that secondary. They're going to throw the ball early and often all over the field. Detroit doesn't have the weapons to match up with really any of Tampa Bay's top four pass-catching options. Like, they just don't have an option out there. Uh, so to me, it's going to be Tom Brady in this. They're both startable. And a uh, quick shout-out to those in the chat. We will answer be answering listener questions at the end here, but we've got a few really uh, big starts and sits we're going to grab beforehand. So be, be patient. We will get to your questions. But I was uh, going to say, I, I see you over there, Braden and Brandon, two guys that are usually asking us questions week in and week out. So happy that these guys are joining us and that, uh, that they've made it to the second straight championship in his dynasty league. Shout out to Braden. Good job. Glad you've been paying attention and focused on. Yep, that's exactly right. Especially in dynasty leagues that tend to be a little bit more focused and dialed in. All right, let's talk running backs. Uh, Le'Veon Bell or Daryl Henderson this week, guys. We know, obviously, Le'Veon Bell got upgraded a little bit with the injury to CEH. Jake, you made a face, so I'm going to you first because you kind of gave me the eh face. So go ahead. It's you. It's you. I'm putting you on the spot first. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go Henderson. I think the Rams – Offense wants to run the ball. They want to take a little pressure off of Goff, who, as Jamie says all the time, who the hell knows what you're getting with Goff. Sean McVay knows what he gets when he has to run the ball, and they run it successfully. The Seahawks' defense has gone to this blitz mode, and now they're susceptible to the run. They've been better against the pass because they're putting so much pressure on quarterbacks. I'm going to go with Henderson. He's had a few more weeks to get healthy. He was the kind of the guy in the middle of the season was really good. Akers looked extremely explosive when he was in, and I think they go right back to him. The problem is you still have Malcolm Brown – in key situations, goal line, third down, different times where they really trust him and go with him. Do they ride Henderson like they were riding Acres? That's the question. Le'Veon Bell, we talked about the other day. I think he, in PPR formats, might be a little better here because you're going to get some dump offs, but I'm going to have to go the other way. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Dylan Henderson as well. Uh, I just think he's got more upside. I don't know how much the Chiefs are going to choose to run the ball in this game. I do think you're going to see some Daryl Williams. Well, Bell's going to get his dump off passes. And you know, look, and I, I mentioned the stat in the show, Atlanta allows like half of their fantasy po- or 54% of their fantasy points this year to running backs have been allowed in the receiving game. So he'll have that opportunity. But I think Daryl Henderson has the upside here to have a really monster performance. You know, Seattle's run defense is coming way back down to earth statistically after teams just – I don't know, started running on them. They didn't have to early in the season, so their numbers look good. Uh, look, the Rams are going to run the ball effectively. He may not get in the end zone. Malcolm Brown's still going to come in in a lot of goal-to-goal situations, and it's going to annoy the hell out of everybody, but I'm still going to go Henderson here. Both of them are you know, in that lower half of RB2 range, though. All right, guys, the next one we have, Kenyon Drake or Jeff Wilson. Which guy are you feeling uh, most comfortable with here? I'll go to you first, Jamie. Which guy? Uh, uh, this is, I feel like this is almost like a Chris special, even though he's not on the show. Um, <laughs> he is one, they're one spot apart, apart again for me. Um, I'm going to lean to Kenyon Drake more so because of two factors. One, I think he has a better chance to finish the game. And two, I'm not sure Chase Edmonds plays, which I think will lead to a, a, a big snap jump uh, for Drake instead of being hanging around this like 50, 55% mark that he's been there. I think he has a better chance of getting in the end zone as well. Uh, but it's, this is really, really close for me. I'll have to agree. And I, I loved your, your point there. Like Wilson without Mostert, I love, but who knows he's going to finish the game. McKinnon's still going to be a thing. They've got some other guys. They'd love to ride him, but all these backs continue to get hurt every week when you count on them. If Edmonds doesn't play, I think it's absolutely Drake. I think he could have a big day. I love the fact that San Francisco is going to be able to run the ball. on the, I said last week on this Cardinals defense, people that want to run it and they consistently try, have success. Philly did last week. I think San Francisco will. Which back is it? I don't know. I think Kenyon Drake is the guy here. All right, guys. I got another one for you. I'm adding these in as I go along so you can see them on screen. I'm trying to play producer since our guy Chris decided to get yeah, out Chris and make is, uh... Chris yeah, he's, been busy today. he's playing mall Santa. So, you know, those people like dress up at the mall, they put on the hat. He's playing, and, you know, he's playing Santa. That's way too yeah. many pillows. You got to shove a big red coat. That's friend. a great point. You're right. He, he's, he's, he can't fill that seat. You're right. He's, he's playing one of Santa's elves. He's like taking tickets uh, in the line for you to take your masked photos with Santa at the mall. So he's not here uh, today to be a producer. He's going to be able to be here to listen and edit this content. So he's going to be sitting in his apartment and just, you know, gritting his teeth as he hears us make fun of him. But yes, that will be a hype train music right now here. Train. Just, just, yeah, that's a, just, just, just give yourself a hype train moment here. All right, guys, the next one we're going to talk about Tony Pollard or James Robinson, obviously one that, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott uh, owners are probably not too happy to see this one show up on the screen, but they haven't been too happy with him all season long. Jamie, you first, Pollard or James Robinson? There are so many factors that go into this decision. What does Robinson's ankle injury look like? Does Zeke play? Um, If Zeke's playing, I'm going to go with James Robinson. Uh, I know he doesn't have a great matchup. I know he's a little bit hobbled, but at least he's going to get the production that you trust. If Zeke doesn't play, I love Tony Pollard. Uh, I think he can have a ton of success, just like he showed how spry he was last week, showed his involvement in the passing game. But if Elliott plays, he's going to get 50, 55, 60% of the snaps. Like, so it's really, I probably will be involved, but it's really going to limit his value. So to me, it's all about whether or not Elliott is active and it looks like he's trending in that direction. So I'm going to go with James Robinson. I hate this question. <laughs> I hate that Zeke's even going to play. Like, I wish he would just sit down and let all of us that have Tony Pollard. Ride it out this week because I think it's a monster week. 
But you I think both, bro. You and me both. Too. Like, there's so many guys. Like, the whole that the whole freaking dolphin situation right now, which I'm sure we'll get into. But like, there's too many guys coming back that are gonna kill a bunch of freaking people in their fantasy championships. This is one of them. James Robinson matchup sucks, but you can run it on the Bears. But you have to be able to do something else. You can't just just do that. I, I, I don't know. I hate this question. I'll go follow. Jake's boycotting the question. <laughs> Jake is boycotting the question. That is fine. We will move on and talk wide receivers here. First one, Robbie Anderson or Corey Davis? Corey Davis has been our guy, guys. I feel like he's – we've got a brand, right? We've got a few players that are, like, part of the brand. Corey Davis is definitely part of the TDN Fantasy brand. Uh, Jake, you boycotted the last question, so you're morally obligated to take this one first. So go ahead. Uh, who are you taking, Robbie Anderson or Corey Davis? I answered the last one. I said Pollard. I just said I hated the question. I'm going to ride with Corey Davis. I mean, he's – there's just so much upside. Tannehill loves him. I think they're going to be in a shootout. They're going to run it. And when they play action, they throw, like, more 20-yard digs, especially in a cover two than anybody. Tannehill loves that. Davis has been really successful with it. And then him and A.J. Brown both run after the catch on those long long passes have been phenomenal. 75-yard touchdown last week. I like Robbie Anderson, but he's really fallen off after a really, really hot start the first 10 or 11 weeks. I'm going to go Corey Davis. Yeah, Anderson's fallen off, and he's got a bad matchup against Washington. I, I think it's Corey Davis, who's almost a borderline wide receiver one this week. Uh, I think he's going to have a ton of success. I don't, you know, it looks like the weather's going to be okay. It's going to be cold, but it's always cold in Green Bay in December. Uh, yeah, I think on. he's going to have a ton of success. Yeah, I think he's going to have a ton of success here. Uh, and I really think long term, he's such an interesting player to think about for fantasy because we have no idea where he's going to be next year, uh, and where he goes could be could really help him or could really hurt him. I, I still think I I love the fit of their big four in Tennessee with Brown, Davis, Henry, and Tannehill. And I think if they can keep that group together, they, this is not going to be a one-year thing. No, uh, and I kind of hope it's not. I'm, I find myself gravitating towards this team for a lot of reasons. They've been a, a, a lot of fun to watch. All right, next one, we will stay with wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders or Marquise Brown. Jamie, you first. This is uh, – t- listen, the wide receiver de- – this one puts me on the spot. Like, I don't even feel yeah. comfortable. I, like, started shaking my head saying it out loud. So, you go ahead. This one's for you. You're taking it first. I'll go with Marquise Brown. He's got the worst matchup, but I still think the Ravens are going to put up points. Uh, and I just – I don't know what to do with the New Orleans pass-catching situation. Like, it's just – you never know on a weekly basis. I know Traquan Smith's out, and obviously t- we're not going to see Michael Thomas until the postseason, but – I just don't know what we're going to get from the Saints pass catchers that aren't Alvin Kamara, or even Alvin Kamara based off last week on a given week right now. Now, Breeze looked a lot better in the final three quarters of that game than they did in the first where he was really, really struggling. But eh, I, I don't know if I could trust him. I'm at least going to take a shot on the upside of Marquise Brown here. But they're both like low-end wide receiver threes, high-end wide receiver fours. Like I hope you have some other options. But if you don't, I, I go with the upside of Brown. This is like the one, the one person all year that we're going to be like, play a running back over your receivers and your flicks. Yes. This is where you're at. You got to have a better option than that. I'll go Sanders. I think I think Drew Brees looks better this week. Bad pass defense in Minnesota, although I think they can win this game. I want to go to a fan question because we've got a lot in happening in the chat, and I do yeah. not want to ignore them. So we will go back to our list, okay? And this one's going to come from our guy, Braden, who uh, has been – a guy that has participated so it, all year long. So that's why, Braden, I chose you. You're a super fan. You get to jump in here. Cole Beasley or Curtis Samuel in the flex. He is in the championship. We got to help him go back to back, guys. This is a big one. 
Be careful. Got to be super conscious about this answer here. So, Jamie, you first. I'm putting the target on you. Yeah, only two spots apart in my rankings, but I'm going to lean slightly to Cole Beasley here. The Patriots have struggled against slot receivers. Obviously, they're going to be down their top cornerback, Stephon Gilmore. So I think that's you're going to have to attend, put all of your attention on Stephon Diggs, leaving everybody else, Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley, and, and company, uh, with a lot of favorable matchups. The Bills just don't run the ball. They don't want to. They're not going to. They don't do it effectively, and they won't. And so I think you put all that together. I think Cole Beasley is a really nice day. I like Samuel too, but not quite as much as Beasley in this matchup. Yeah, I think it's definitely Cole Beasley. Have you watched him play? Like this Bill, this might be my favorite team to watch in the NFL right now is the Bills. All because Josh Allen. I love the flowing locks coming out of that freaking hair and the jersey that's too big. And he just makes plays. Like I, I just love Cole Beasley. Curtis Samuel's been really, really good. He's dropped off a little bit late recently too, and I hate the matchup for him. I love the comments over here. It's 44 and been pretty warm in Green Bay. Yeah, I'm, I'm dying, man. I love it. was 49 love, here, and I thought I was going to die. It was 53 here in Chicago today. It was a it was a, what a great day it was. Like yeah, it was. Uh, I'm in Nebraska, and the last two days it was 57 degrees, and I went outside. I was like what in the hell is happening? This is so bizarre, but laughing at the green Bay people saying it's 44 and it's been, been warm. Been Love warm. that. Yeah, I'll take Love it. Although it's be that. 19 degrees here on Christmas. So makes yeah. me want to go yeah. bow hunting. And by the way, Robert Tanyan is a pro bowler over Evan Ingram, which is a freaking okay. joke. We will comment on the damn pro bowl again sometime during the show. <sighs> yeah. There, there will be pro bowl discussions at some point during the, the rest of the show. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Higgins or Russell Gage? Russell Gage made our uh, made our show earlier this week on the podcast for a guy we felt comfortable picking up off the waivers. Jake, who are you playing here, Higgins or Gage? Probably go Gage. I think there's going to be more targets. I think Higgins could have a big first half as they're building a lead. I think the Jets will hang in there for a little while, so they may throw it a little bit more than they're going to want to, but I think they're going to have a lot of success running it. I think the Falcons get boat race. I think they throw it 60 times to try to hang in there. Russell Gage has been really good for the last month. I'm going to go Russell Gage just on sheer volume alone. Yeah, another one, one spot apart in my rankings. Um, I'll go Gage slightly just because I think he, his his path to fantasy success is a little safer than Rashard Higgins is right now. Uh, but it, to me, both of these guys have been really, really strong. And I think both of these guys are in that like – top 25 or top top 30 wide receiver range for me but i'll go gauge slightly over him just because i think there he has a much better easier path let's say to putting up points than than higgins which you're going to need a probably a bigger play from him all right guys let's oh, by the way on. i expect julio not to play uh i am operating under because i saw that comment come in i'm operating under the assumption julio jones is not playing yeah, I think that's a, a fair assumption at this point, Jamie, which has been a big disappointment. Uh, one of the guys we will have Tell me to about it. talk a lot about, yeah, for Jamie, who has him on. Uh, has yeah, him for roster. Jamie to put up 185 points last weekend. Tell, tell Jamie about Julio not playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, 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 not, we're not throwing a pity party for Jamie. All right, tight end position. Dallas got it. No, Dallas, oh, yeah. for, for Jake. He needs the pity party. I'm putting yeah, up points. Yeah, at a point party. That's why I'm not putting up any pity for you, Jamie. That's what I'm saying. I'm not giving you any pity. I'm not giving either one of you pity. Let's be honest. All right. Dallas Goddard or Mike Jasicki. Uh, Jasicki's been one over the last two weeks. I have him and Evan Ingram. And two weeks ago, I don't know why, 
but I made a move last minute to put him in and it paid off. And then last week, of course, I outsmarted myself and, and made the stupid decision to put Evan Ingram back in. And then like, it's there a flip flop two weeks ago. It's, it's kind of been all over the place for me as I've been looking at this tight end position. So Jamie with this one, are you comfortable with Jasicki this week? Are you not comfortable with him? It's he's one of those ones that's a little bit polarizing at the tight end position. If he's active, I'm playing him. Uh, I like the chemistry he has with, with Tua, uh, and I want. I think he's got a tremendous matchup against the Raiders. I don't know how many different podcasts and platforms and mediums I can bash the Raiders defense on this week because I think this is like four or five now. Uh, but I like his matchup, but he's got to see if he plays. Now, luckily, this is a Saturday game for him. So you'll have some plenty of time to know, and you'll have plenty of replacement options uh, on your bench to take chances with. So that's the good thing. I'm gonna, if Jacecki's active, you play him. If not, obviously, you're taking, you go with Dallas Goddard. But uh, I think Goddard is good enough as Jake just left. He doesn't even want to talk about Mike Jacecki. Jake, anymore. yeah, apparently Jake doesn't even want to talk about him. So I, I have Goddard as a borderline tight end one. So I think if Jacecki doesn't play, I doubt you're going to have a better option than Goddard on waivers. But if Jacecki's active, I'm going with him. All right. All right, well, we'll go to the next one here. I It was two weeks ago, because he didn't play last week. It was two weeks ago I played him, and he wasn't available last week. And then I, I'm thinking about playing him this week. Just because I want to talk about my team, Jamie, would you play Mike Jusicki or Evan Ingram this week? Uh, I would, I'm Jusicki. I have Jusicki as a, a top 10 tight end this week if he plays. Let's go, Jamie. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, the next one here, Jared Cook or Noah Fan, And it looks like our guy Jake. He's entered the stream again. Hey, Jake's Hello. entered the chat. Jake Go has entered that. the chat. He's back. He's back. All right, just in time to talk about tight ends. Jared Cook or Noah Fant? Uh, you're on the spot. You pick first, Jared Cook or Noah Fant? Noah Fant, if he plays, if he's healthy. Jared Cook has been like zero part of this offense. When they have nothing else to do, they still don't throw to him. He had one big 21-yard catch the other day that like saved your day. I played him in a couple leagues thinking like they have to use him. He's just not a part of this this dealing. It's not last year. Like where they were going down the stretch and Breeze was going to him a lot down the seam. People are taking that away. Uh, no offense, still has as much upside as any tight end in the league. It's just a matter of which quarterback, which of the same quarterback shows up and plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Fan. I think it's clearly Fan. I have him in the top 10. I don't have Cook in my top 20. Uh, Cook's just not heavily involved. You're, you're praying for a touchdown, and even for touchdown prayers, he's not among the top five or six uh, tight ends that are going to be in that spot. If Fant plays, he's going to be an active part of the game plan. And as I mentioned on the TDN against the spread show earlier today, uh, I think the Denver Broncos have a really strong chance to be in and win this football game. Uh, I think Drew Locke could have a pretty decent outing against a very untrustworthy Chargers defense. This should be a shootout. I like this one. I'm trying to show the chat here, guys. It looks like they're, they were going to allow me to show the chat. Oh, look at this. They're, they're going to show up in this. Season. Yeah, I'm messing around with the new features. Going to try and show these new uh, chat features that are coming in hot. We've got one from uh, this guy on, on where was this coming from? YouTube? Adam Thielen or DJ Moore? This one. We've got a lot of comments coming in. This is everybody, apparently everybody from Green Bay has entered the chat. I, did, I, don't, I don't think they know I'm allergic to that place, but apparently they've all entered the chat. So go ahead. Uh, that one is for Jamie first. Good problem to have. Uh, both top 20 guys. I'm going to go Adam Thielen here. I still think he has a better chance of catching a touchdown. Uh, Moore's been really good as well, uh, but Adam Thielen's been more consistent. And I, I look, the Saints defense isn't quite what it's been in years past. Like, I'm not afraid of this matchup. The, the Vikings are going to throw a ton on Friday night. Uh, I would go with Adam Thielen. I love Thielen. It, red zone's phenomenal. They're going to run it enough to be able to play action off of it. And you still got to cover long enough to get that done. 
I think it's stealing. I don't like DJ Moore's matchup. All right, guys, the last one on our list of start or sit, we put in a defense to talk about here. So this is an interesting one, right? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers have been a team that you are comfortable with defensively for most of this season, right? And I think this is where you start to differentiate what a good fantasy defense is and what a good real-life defense is, right? Because you, uh, scoring involves turnovers and sacks. And yes, you don't want to give up a ton of points, but you can usually give up a decent amount of points as long as you are doing the other things, right? As long as you're getting pressure, you're getting sacks, and you get, have opportunities to turn the ball over. The Eagles defense has been a, a team that I would not have put in the defensive starters for the championship week, right? I, but as we said earlier, 2020 has given us everything. And they're playing the Cowboys this week. So I anticipate that they're going to have an opportunity to score some points. So, Jamie, you first. The Eagles or the Steelers with the championship on the line? Uh, it's – I wish you like, – <laughs> we need to have a conversation about the Steelers' defense because I think they're not a must-start this week by any means. I'm just not okay. sure I love the Eagles here. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the Steelers slightly, uh, but I wanted to – I threw this in our conversation because I wanted us to talk about the Steelers a bit. I know the Eagles have outscored Pittsburgh defensively the last three weeks, but and I know they got Dallas, but I'm not sure Dallas is the as great of a matchup as we still think it was from seven, eight weeks ago when they were starting Gucci Danucci and some dude off the street and the ghost of Quincy Carter or whatever at quarterback for a while there. Uh, like They're going to be competent. And I think this is actually – I believe if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe I was paying attention on the show, Jake loves the over in this game. So there's going to be points on the board in that Eagles-Dallas game. So I I would still go Pittsburgh here, but I think you have to look. And as I mentioned on our show earlier this week, depending on the quarterback situation in Washington, maybe Carolina's a sneaky play with a lot of those young guys on defense playing well. If they're playing Taylor Henneke at starter, we'll see what happens with Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith this week. I think you have to consider it. Like Consider your options with Pittsburgh. I don't quite have them below Philadelphia, though. Ron Rivera just named Dwayne Haskins the starter if Alex Smith can't go. So you're not going to have to worry about mm. that. But mm. it's still not the Eagles. I, I think this is going to be an absolute going back and forth. The Eagles are still top five in the league in pressure. But the Steelers are still have T.J. Watt, and they're playing who? Phillip Rivers. Like, yeah. yep. the chance of getting a turnover, getting three or four sacks is still pretty high. Like, I think they're going to run it okay. Their linebackers are all hurt. But T.J. Watt's still out there. The defensive line is still really good. They still got some ball hawks in that secondary. I expect them to get a turnover or two and get at least two or three sacks. Phillips not taking a ton of sacks, but TJ Watt doesn't need a lot of time. So I, th I think your points for in this matchup is the Steelers. I think there's probably some better ones. The Browns are a better matchup this week. I like the Rams defense better this week. They're probably not in your waiver wire, but uh, there's better options than the Eagles. Pittsburgh's an interesting one, right? Because I think you you know in this game, you're I'm assuming at least that Indianapolis is going to try and run the football all over these guys because you could you I mean even just looking at what Gio Bernard could do, right? You're assuming Indianapolis can go in and run the football, which is fine as long as they're they can score some points. They just need to be able to get some turnovers. And well, Phil usually lends himself towards the turnovers, right? So yeah, I feel like every fun of the grass there in Heinz Field all the time. But there's a real reason – no, I'm, this, this is the serious point. There's a real reason why the franchise will not change it, and they love the painted sand in December. It's a defensive advantage. The offense doesn't know what to do. The defense knows how to handle it. It's kind of like playing on a wet field, which is normally a huge advantage to the offense, but they know how to deal with their sandy, painted green field. 
They don't change it for that reason because it's a defensive advantage. Indianapolis plays on turf. I think the way they play football travels fine outside, but I don't know that you're going to get the same quick cuts that you're getting on turf that you got in Cincinnati last week on this bad grass. No, it's uh, bad as being nice, Jake. It's uh, terrible mm-hmm. the way that the way that it is set up. All right, is there anything else we need to get into the chat, or is it? To- oh yeah, we got a couple more here. Get a couple uh, ones. We, should- we, we got a couple more here, so I'll jump into this one: Terry McLaren or Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson, man, what a what a fun evaluation he's going to be over this off season because he came on really strong, really early. Uh, Jamie, you first. Terry McLaurin or Justin Jefferson? Going Justin Jefferson here. I like them both. Obviously, they're both top twenty plays. But Jefferson has been an absolute stud more often than not. Uh, I, he's he's matchup proof at this point. I, I don't think you look at the matchups and worry about what Justin Jefferson's going to be. I've been ranked as a wide receiver one this week. I think I'll have plenty of success because I think Minnesota's going to have to throw a lot in this game. I don't think you can really go wrong. I like McLaurin in this matchup too. Like I said, Ron Rivera just named Dwayne Haskins the starter if Alex Smith can't go. But Alex Smith had more than like a semi-practice. He was out there. He's going through it. He thinks he's going to play. The team thinks he's going to play. I don't think you can really go wrong here. I mean, Justin Jefferson is playing a tough defense, but I do think they're going to have to throw it to state to hang around. I'll just throw scary Terry as a big bounce back game this week just for the hell of it. All right. Scary Terry. You like, yeah, I was going to say potentially find a way to get both of those guys in your lineup. All right. Last one from Braden. Hang on. Hang on. Our Green Bay fan says, I hated that Justin Jefferson fell to the Vikings. They don't trade up for a backup quarterback. He didn't <sighs> fall anywhere. Draft the freaking. Imagine him with Aaron Rodgers. Get out of here I with was, that. I was going to ignore it and not troll him, but I'm really glad that you didn't because, brother please write a letter to your GM and head coach asking desperately for what Aaron Rodgers has asked for for quite some time. Because apparently Aaron Rodgers, when he asks for it, nobody gives it to him. So maybe somebody else needs to ask. Apparently your quarterback asking isn't enough. Your Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning quarterback is enough. Also write a letter to Howie Roseman. (laughs) Easiest layup of all time. Easiest layup of all time. And they're like, nah. I... There's a lot there. There's a lot of meat on the bone, and we'll get to that at a, at maybe a TDN Fantasy After Dark, making fun of some people and their decision-making this last year. Uh, we got to help Braden out, though. He is setting the lineup for his championship Browns defense or Steelers defense. He's saying Browns D over Steelers D, no doubt, right? Yeah, no doubt. So he's, Okay, no doubt, no doubt. That's what I figured you guys would say, but you wanted to make sure uh, you guys were agreeing because we got to help our guy out who – as I said earlier, has been uh, has definitely been hanging out with the crew all year long. And I, I love listen. We're getting a, like these are so funny. I, I love that people. I'm gonna have to turn the chat off because I can't not do this. You're not gonna love any franchise quarterback when he plays in four years over missing out on Justin Jefferson with Aaron Rodgers for four years. Are you like curious? Curious. That's your argument. I, Pal, I get the random, but fan is short for fanatic. If you think that that front office did you any favors as a Packers fan. By taking Jordan Love, regardless if he's the next great Packers quarterback or not, and over a guy like Justin Jefferson to play with Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, is going to win the MVP at 37 and ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Come on. I would be more worried about whether or not he's going to be good enough to be a starting quarterback before I started talking like that. Just saying. Jordan Love, there's a lot of question marks there. So I would I would just be worried about that before I'd start, 
you know. Jefferson is a star. And on that freaking offense with Devontae Adams, I don't even like, I wouldn't even want to say the new Packers, much less play the Packers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not about that life. All right, Jamie, let's do Jamie's junk box. This is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, if you haven't, it's December 23rd. Okay. It's December 23rd and you only have two more days until Christmas, right? Sound effects you for the junk the sound, the sound effects is have off. no producer. Yeah, a producer since, our, yeah. since our producer dipped out on us. You only have two more days. But I did notice, okay, I went on, I went on Target.com, and I noticed that you can still get Manscaped delivered to your house. Manscaped.com, they've still got this stuff available, and you can use your code there. So, Jamie, tell everybody about the great gifts this holiday season that even, as Kyle says, it's my favorite part, treat yourself, Kings. You don't have to wait for it to be a present. You can buy it for yourself. Absolutely, you can. I'm going to run through some of the options that they have because I think we all know about the lawnmower 3.0 at this point, and and we've talked about it on the show a ton. Uh, and as we said a lot of times, like your a lot of your New Year's Eve activities this year are probably going to be intimate and indoors because there's not a lot you can do right now during the pandemic. So you got to make sure that you're prepared and presentable. I, it's like you hear it all the time. Presentation is everything. That matters here, but there's a lot of different things that you could either get as stocking stuffers, you can get as, oops, I forgot to get your present on time, I need to scramble and get something today, or just get something for yourself. I'm going to run down a few of them here. The Crop Preserver uh, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, name speaks for itself, a favorite on this show if you've listened to some of our other conversations and letters to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Uh, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on yeah. toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven. Uh, with hazel and, and aloe vera extracts. Jake's personal favorite. Heaven for your balls is a good thing. The, the time for your balls. Crop cleanser body wash. You can use it on your body, use it on your hair. The crop mop ball wipes. The foot duster foot deodorant. Shears 2.0 luxury four-piece nail kit. The weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. And then obviously we've always talked about the lawnmower 3.0. We've did a, we did a whole unboxing on this show a couple months back. Uh, get a package for your packages holiday season. Get it for a friend. Get it for New Year's. Get it rush delivered. Whatever you need to do to get it on time for you, you got to do it right now. And if you happen to forget those Christmas gifts, got to get on it. And it's okay because you can blame USPS for it being late. That's what I'm already yep. doing. That's what I've done for Paige's gift. I'm blaming yep. it on them. It's not, it's not their fault that I didn't give it to them till Monday, but that's not a problem because you can use that same excuse and save 20% off. And by the way, free shipping for something I could not get, but free shipping and 20% off uh, by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. Let them know they sent you that we sent you. Uh, support the show, support yourself, and you never know. Make that special someone in your life a little bit more happy this holiday season and get a little bit more attention uh, as we're spending more time indoors in closed settings this holiday season. Also, feel free to, you know, take care of our guy, Chris. We're really soliciting oh, any yeah. and all gifts that want to be shipped for our guy, Chris Schubert. So feel free to send us a DM. I'll make sure, uh, you know, Chris gets and all these gifts because we're we're trying to set him up well for his Bachelor debut, right? So we really want to make sure we up his game. So if you want to ship anything as a present to Chris, feel free. Uh, I will make sure that he gets that. So use code TDN for any and all of those purchases. Jamie, let's talk about who is in the junk box this week and set the scene. Tell the people who've maybe never heard about it why you what what qualifies being in the junk box. 
Okay, so I take a look at two players each week that are starting in a single-digit percentage of fantasy leagues that could have some significant value for you. So for if you're in a deeper league, you might want to consider them. A lot of these guys are widely available on waivers or just something to get some food for thought going as you start to do your research. A uh, couple ones that I want to look at right now. One of them is a wide receiver, and that is one that will be very close to Paige's heart, is Darnell Mooney, starting in 2.2% of leagues right now, available in almost 90%. Here's what I like about him. So he's been averaging about five and a half targets per game, four-ish touches since Trubisky's taken over. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but here's a fun stat for you about how bad Jacksonville's defense is against fantasy receivers. Averaging 1.96 points per touch slash carry, excuse me, target slash carry to wide receivers this year. Almost two points per target and carry. And they've been using Darnell Mooney a little bit out in the backfield, some, some of those jet sweep opportunities for him. I could see a path to him getting 10 or 12 points in this matchup and then uh, Trubisky leaning on him a little bit more like he has been and this Jacksonville, Jacksonville defense just not being able to keep up. That's a fun set. Almost two points per target and carry. Burner that could get behind them too. I mean, they, they're going to take a shot here. He, I love that kid. He's been uh, he's been one of the guys I've really enjoyed. Uh, he was a, oh, a guy that – yeah, he's he's been great. I've I've really enjoyed watching him and the and him coming on for the Bears here, especially as of late. Uh, all right, Jamie, anybody else that's in the junk box? Yeah, one more. We'll stick with the rookie theme here, and I normally go running back, but I didn't really find anybody I liked in that spot. So I'm gonna go quarterback here. I'm gonna go to a Tagovailoa. Uh, somehow only starting in seven percent of leagues. I have him as my QB thirteen this week. Uh, as I've maybe mentioned on some shows this week. I'm not a big fan of the Las Vegas defense. Seven of the worst pass defense in the NFL. They've been allowing, and I'm, I wrote this down, 21.24 points per game to quarterbacks since week 11. Tua's last three, averaging more than 21 a game himself. Might get some of these weapons back. We talked about Mike Giusecki earlier. He's going to get Miles Gaskin back for this game, it looks like. We'll see what happens with Jakeem Grant and Devontae Parker. But uh, I think Tua has a, a pretty significant game, and I think he could sneak into QB1 territory this week. All right, QB1 territory for Tua. God, music to Kyle Krabs and Miami Dolphins fans' ears. They are just loving what they are seeing thus far. And, man, we had some fun earlier today. We're, we're beta testing some new features that are going to be coming out for everybody uh, that's a fan of the Draft Network. And, man, oh, man, Kyle, Kyle just constantly reminding me how many freaking draft picks they have this upcoming year. Like, mm -hmm. if this team is already set up well, and they are headed in such a such a good direction with all the draft picks that they have. So I don't want to hear any more chirping from Miami fans. But I think I think we've had enough. They've got they've got plenty to look forward to. All right, let's get into these lines, guys. You guys know what this means. Rapid fire. I'm going to go game by game. Try and keep it under 30 seconds so we can get to every single one of these games. Everything you can find. Every line that I'm going through, you can find at BetOnline.ag. Uh, so be sure to jump in on the fun. And make sure you check out the player props. Jake has been giving Jamie props, but it's totally deserved. It's been fun to see uh, some of these some of these player props hit uh, early, right? I've loved when Jamie dunks early on, and he's like, "Hey, it's the second quarter, and I'm already already this one already cashed in." Love that. So be sure to be sure to jump in on that. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be spending some time on their couch this Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Let's start off with the Christmas Day game in the NFL. That is the Minnesota Vikings going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. It's a pretty big line here, guys. The Saints are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Um, 
I don't know. I looked at this and I shook my head. So Jake, what are you thinking here? Seven and a half. Does New Orleans cover that? No, I think they win it, but I think they win it late just because they're better all the way around. Their defense is better. I got them 28, 23. I think Minnesota hangs around. I think they can, they run it on everybody. I think they run it good enough. I think Cousins throws it around a bunch, but you got to think Minnesota, Minnesota team has owned the Saints the last couple of years. I mean, they've had some big wins against them. They know the formula. Can they execute the formula? I think they executed enough to beat seven and a half. Yeah, I, I, this was tough for me because when I originally wrote up this game, it was only seven, and I liked it more there, and I might buy the half point. Um, I'm going to lean to New Orleans here. I don't feel great about it. Uh, I think they're ex- incredibly motivated, and I think especially the way Drew Brees played those last three quarters, I was a lot more encouraged. Uh, and I'm encouraged about what they could do in this matchup. Uh, I, I'm going to lean toward the Saints here. This is a humongous game for them right now, and I – this is probably what I'm not going to bet on, but I'm going to lean to them to win and cover here. I don't feel great. I'll be honest with you. I don't feel great about it. I'll be you know, okay. completely transparent. This is not a game I'm going to be putting money on this weekend. I didn't okay. like it at seven. So at yeah. this, this is one we're a little farther apart than normal one. Yeah. All right, guys. The next one, uh, this one only to you, Jamie. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to play the Detroit Lions. A big point spread here as well. The Bucs are 10-point favorites on the road against Detroit. We've already talked about how bad this Detroit Lions defense is. So what do you think is going to happen in this one and do the Bucks cover 10? I think they do, but it's a lot. It's a, it's a pretty big spread there, especially when you're playing a quarterback the caliber of Matthew Stafford. But they're just – they're running out of people. Like they don't have enough bodies on defense. They're not going to have enough coaches on the sideline. God, they're still not going to play. Like I think Detroit will get get some of their own. Like Marvin Jones seems to catch a touchdown every week. DeAndre Swift will get some work in on himself, but they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively. So most of most of Swift stuff is going to come in the receiving game. And Tom Brady should be able to carve up the secondary. I mean, it's one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. I think the Bucks do enough to cover. All right, guys, moving on. A divisional matchup and a big game for the Arizona Cardinals. This is a lot on the line as the playoff picture starts to shake out over the next two weeks. Cardinals, a five-point favorite at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Jake, you first. What's going to happen here? I knew it would have moved. I have it 28-24. I think the Cardinals get it done. This game is really close last year, and the Cardinals couldn't pull it out. It was really close in week one, and they did. Oh, man, I hate that it moved. I was hoping it'd be like go to three and a half, and I'd keep it like this. I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover it. I just – San Francisco's running out of people. Their defense has not been as good the last couple weeks. Uh, Beathard plays well when he does play. Maybe a Josh Rosen sighting. By the way, he's not done for whoever commented that earlier. He's younger than a bunch of these guys that are playing in the league that got drafted this year, Joe Burrow being one of them. Um, I'll change it, and I'll go 30-24 to 24 Cardinals cover that. Yeah, I'm actually I'm not as worried as Jake. I think the Cardinals win and cover here. Um, you know, I would have been worried if Nick Mullins was playing. Uh, not that Nick Mullins is great, but I have I'm just not a CJ Beathard fan. I haven't been a fan. I wasn't a fan of him in Iowa. I had a, an unreasonable amount of random college games where I actually covered him in person, which I don't understand how it just it just kind of worked out that way. Uh, and, and look, Mostert Mostert's not playing the rest of the season. I don't know if you're gonna get through a full game with Jeff Wilson. Jarek McKinnon's a guy. Uh, no Debo Samuel. Kittle may play, which will help. Uh, but I, you know, and I love Brandon Ayuk, who's more attention. We're gonna have an article on draftnetwork.com about this tomorrow. Brandon Ayuk deserves way more attention in this rookie wide receiver conversation than he's getting. He's not Justin Jefferson, but he is having a damn good season. But I still think Arizona right now is healthier and they're gonna be able to do more in this game. And it means something to them. San Francisco yeah. is eliminated and the Cardinals, they gotta keep pace with the Bears to get that last seed. 
Yes, yeah, this is a this is a big game for the Arizona Cardinals. So please, San Francisco would appreciate some help uh, this up this week. By the way, we have a comment about like too many points. All these games suck for betting. Could not agree more. This week, this week sucks. Like the total suck, the spread suck. This week sucks. But Monday, you want to break Monday. that? You want to you want to break that Monday. down a little bit, Jamie? Because you talked about I it just, earlier, and I and I totally agree with you. I think that that it's good context for people to understand. Like when you're sitting down, and you're looking at the lines and this week seems a little bit more difficult. Um, you've got a Friday, a Saturday, and a sun and Sunday, and there's a lot of people that are going to be sitting at home. Yes, a lot of people sitting at home, a lot of people betting, and a, there's going to be a lot of action across the board. And I just, I don't, I, you know, I don't have any inside information on this in particular, but it just feels like the lines are sharper this week. That they know there's going to be a lot of plays going on across this three day stretch. There's a lot of attention brought to these lines because there's some, there are some teams I know like okay, they're a little bit less on this, or oh, I know where the public money is going to go, so these lines are going to be affected. This week, everything looks really, really sharp, and they're making some very interesting moves at the last second on a couple of these games. This could be a very unfun week to bet a traditional spread or total. I like the money line a lot of them. It was easy for me to pick my team that I thought was going to win most of these games. I was kind of shocked as I went down. Normally, I leave three or four for later in the week, think about it some more. I wrote down all 16. It felt pretty good. Now that I got to the spreads, to their point, it was like, yeah, okay, yeah. That, that's tough. Yeah, a little bit more difficult. This one, not so difficult for either one of you since you both locked it in. That is the Miami Dolphins going on the road to play the Las Vegas Raiders. They're a three-point favorite. So for all those of uh, you that are joining that did not see our betting show specifically, break this down. You guys both have a lock. Jamie, you first. I may have mentioned this before, so stop me if I said this before. Uh, I don't like the Raiders' defense. Bottom eight, both bottom eight against the run, bottom eight against the pass. They might be missing half their starting secondary. Miami has a better defense. Uh, they are better offense. Their quarterback isn't going to be hobbled. Uh, they have a better – even if any of their guys come back, they have a better pass-catching core. Um, other than uh, probably I think they're going to run the ball more effectively in this game because the Raiders can't stop anybody, whether it's a combination of Miles Gaskin or Salvin Ahmed. Uh, I, I just think the Miami Dolphins are a better team across the board than the Raiders right now. They're hotter, more talented, and they're better. Like I just, this one surprised me. Like this, there are not a lot of games that I would be shocked if the other team won this week. Even though the Raiders are at home, I would be shocked. Like that's a team heading in the absolute wrong direction, facing a team that absolutely needs to win this game with a more talented team, a healthy quarterback, and a much healthier, more talented defense. Give me the Finns 28-23 if Mariota plays. If Carr plays, it's going to be worse than that. And here's why. Mariota's not better than Derek Carr, so people stop that crap and Raiders fans. Yeah. Come on. Just stop. Yeah. But – Derek Carr moves a lot more than people think. They run a lot of nakeds, a lot of boots. He throws it on the run a lot. I can tell you from experience, I had to have a groin repaired that ended my NFL career. Trying to do that is not easy. And it's worse when you tear it running. And he got it pretty good that he didn't even come close to coming back last week. If he plays, he's hobbled and he's going to be stuck in the pocket against that really good defense and not playing their normal offense where he's on the run. I think they have a better chance of keeping it close to Mariota. But even that, I like to fend the cover. Man, I hope he sticks <laughs> – I like Derek Carr so much. I want him to just get healthy, man. I'm like, yeah, this just doesn't feel like the right move for him long term. And I get it. I understand he's a hell of a competitor, but man, I do not want to see him in this game. For 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 most, I just do not want him to aggravate that injury and have any long term effects. All right, this next game, the Cleveland Browns going on the road to play the New York Jets. The one 
win. New York Jets. Got to say it out loud so everybody oh. remembers. In New York, Cleveland, 10-point favorites. The Browns are 10-point favorites. Jamie, are the Browns going to cover that 10-point spread? I think they are. They have a clear path now to winning this division. Uh, the Jets are still bad. Like I know, the, I know the Rams did their best to try to disprove that. I know the Jets competed with the Raiders because, as I've mentioned, the Raiders' defense is bad. But they're not a good football team. They'll could be competitive in the first half, and I think they'll have some success there. But Cleveland's going to absolutely demolish that defense. They're going to run the ball down their throat. They have a couple weapons on the outside that they're going to effective throwing the ball to, along with Kareem Hunt. And all the motivation in the world. Uh, I, I think the, the Browns are going to be able to win, cover, without much issue in this game. Yeah, I got the Browns 28-17. I do like this Jets offense now that most of them are healthy. And it's at least fun to see what they wanted to do and what they would have tried to do all year if they'd have been healthy. Sam Darnold made some throws last week that were top shelf. And wherever he's playing next year, that team's going to be just fine. I can't wait to see him get a new start, a fresh start, which I still think is going to happen even though they're going to have the second pick. But the Browns get this done. All right, guys, moving on. Another big matchup. There's so many crucial matchups in Week 16. It's great. There's so many good games the next two weeks because both conferences are coming down to the wire for playoff runs. This one is between the Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Colts going on the road. We talked about that terrible turf or terrible grass that they paint over and all the shenanigans that exist in Steeler country. One and a half point favorites on the road are the Colts. Jake, what's going to happen here? It's one of my locks of the week. Indy gets it done, 24-16. I think Pittsburgh's defense shows up and plays okay, but they're so limited on what they can do. And I've said earlier, I said it on the other show, they this entire defense is predicated on linebacker play. They're missing all of their really good playmakers. They still have some good stuff in the secondary. Their defensive line is still strong, but Indy can do both as good as anybody. And that defense I have fallen in love with. And watching Ben play, he looks done to me. He's a brother. He's family. I love him, but he looks done. They don't run it. They don't try to run it. I love that they finally, I talked about last week on the show, went in the pistol. They could run a little play action out, but they had to get out of it because they had three turnovers and they were down 17 nothing. I think they'll try to go to that. But Indy playing that Tampa 2 rush four, they're just playing really, really good. I think Indy gets this done pretty easily. Normally I wouldn't be picking against the Pittsburgh at home this time of year, but I have no reason from anything I've seen to like what they got going on right now. I agree. I don't think the Steelers win another game this season. I've said that a few times. I, I truly believe that, that they were going to lose this week to Indianapolis. Colts win and cover. Colts are doing a lot of things well right now. One, they're not turning the ball over. That, that issue has not been as problematic as it was last year in L.A. in the first early part of the season. Jonathan Taylor's running the ball really effectively. T.Y. Hilton is active and more involved. You know They're working in whether it's a combination of Zach Pascal or uh, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, they're getting enough there, and I have no faith in the Steelers' offense to move this ball at all. None. I mean, even when they go down the field, uh, down the field for them uh, yeah. a few times, you can't even trust they're going to catch the ball. I don't think he can. I mean, it's they not like they don't, they don't want to. And I've said a bunch. Like Randy Fickner's getting killed as this offensive coordinator, and in Steelers' land, Randy, it wouldn't surprise me if Randy gets fired, even though he's one of Mike's best friends. He's been there for 14 years. Nobody knows their offensive personnel better than what Randy has going on. Yep. He was the receiver coach, became the quarterback coach. Him and Ben are really close. I don't think Ben's capable of it. So stop this, like, they don't try to throw. I don't think he can. They're doing what they can with what they have, and they were pretty successful for a while. Yeah. But now you've seen everybody catch up to that, and nobody's done that to this indie defense. So even if they were like, this was six weeks ago, I'm still picking indie. When you take that vertical threat away, this is the same thing that, that happened with them a little bit last year. When you take that threat, particularly with Duck Hodges, 
when you take, I can't believe I said that, like comparing Ben Roethlisberger to Duck Hodges, but I'm just saying it, when you take away that any element of them having anything down the field, they don't run the ball effectively anyway. And that's been a problem for them for a while, but all you're doing is running underneath crossers and they're just sitting on it. Like I know the narrative is that Juju got killed because he was dancing on a logo. No, Juju got killed because Ben misses an open receiver on one side. And they know that we only have to guard 12 yards, basically a box of 12 yards. The entire field is the red zone for them. And they're just sitting on those underneath crossers down that six yards down the field and just killing guys. Jamie, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> like, I'm not going to wait till later to address this Juju thing. And these people are flipping minds. Okay. If you think that Juju danced on a logo, has a damn thing to do with how hard a player plays. And it, like, it is the most absurd as Paige is playing with his thing trying to get I just know, I'm trying to make James go. A player shows up to a game and says, I'm going to play 80% today. And I'm going to see Juju dancing on my logo. Dominic Foxworth said it like the best today. This might be the third team for some of these guys. Most of them don't give a shit about the logo. They give a shit about the logo that's on their check on Monday. Von Bell has been on the Bengals for three months. Come on, man. Like, this, the Bengals logo, for one. You think they give a damn? By the way, he's done this at home. He did it in Jacksonville. None of those guys are proud of their logo. The only time this matters when T.O. did it in a game to the star, and he got knocked out and he should have. That would have mattered. The star, where God used to watch his favorite team play, like, that whole thing is different than it pregame, by the way, as a former player in pregame, an hour and a half before, while guys are still wearing shorts. There's people hugging, you know, guys on the other team. Nobody gives a damn that Juju's doing a TikTok for a minute. It has zero effect. The fact that this took off in freaking COVID year is the only reason anybody would ever talk about it. And Mike Tomlin's like, yes, I'll address it with Juju. And then Juju has to say, it's a detriment to my team and my teammates. I'll stop doing it. Stop with the lazy bullshit, people. Like, people, like you need more motivation to go be an NFL player, like you're going to be pissed off or hit Juju harder when he's coming across the middle on a four-yard freaking crosser. And if you have a shot to take on Juju, you're taking it regardless if he's dancing or not. This is so lazy and so stupid, and I could not let another freaking segment go by talking about the Steelers without bringing this up. And it's a shame because he's a good kid too, by the way. He means absolutely no harm. He's the one dude that's not out there trolling the other team or doing this for trash. He's doing it because he's a freaking TikTok star. He's a freaking influencer, and they like people love it. And he's a young kid that's having fun. This has nothing to do with trolling the other team. It's just absolute BS garbage. I could not take anymore. Go Nobody ahead, cared when he was dancing when they were winning. Nobody yep. cared that Chase Claypool was mocking as a rookie in like his third game, mocking Tom Brady. Nobody cared yep. about it. All the stuff that was happening was totally cool when they were winning. Now they're. I understand saying, okay, you're not winning now maybe tone it down. I think that's a reasonable conversation to have to blame that for them losing or to say that like, is ridiculous. Like there's, there's something to be said about, okay, you know, when your team's not doing as well, maybe keep it a little bit more low key. That would have been a perfectly reasonable argument, but of course we can't have any perfectly reasonable discourse in the world anymore. So it all has to be one side or the other, or this, it doesn't matter. Like this has nothing. The Steelers issues have nothing to do with Juju dancing. Like, have nothing to do with Juju Smith-Schuster. There's not a – that's – it's just – it's stupid. I'm just – I'm tired of hearing about it. I – I won. I hope Ju Juju gets to play somewhere else other than Pittsburgh. No, that's just just because I know what that Thank fan base well, entails, and, and I hope he goes somewhere else in free agency. Two, those TikTok, TikTok checks are going to clear no matter what y'all do. So good on you, Juju, for being a TikTok star because, God bless, that career will end at some point, and you're going to have another set of income 
to have when you're done being a football player. And that's something that the NBA embraces that the NFL community does not, which is another whole problem that we can talk about on a later podcast. But these people, they are people, they are human beings. They like other things than playing football, just like the three of us who have this as a job also do other things in our free time. They are no different. Not allowed to as a Pittsburgh Steeler page. They're, you have to win three to nothing, run it 75 times a game, play win yeah. on defense. You can't have fun. That's well, he won't be there next year anyway, but – I, the one other point I want to make before we get off this, I know we're on a complete tangent now, but y- you know what's detrimental to your football team? Going to a strip club after you lose. Why are there more people that are just Thank like, you. oh, Thank LOL, you. Dwayne Haskins, but Juju Smith-Schuster is the worst person on earth for doing a TikTok dance? Who, oh, by the way, just so just because we're keeping notes, donated $20,000 for 150 kids to be totally taken care of for their school for the next 10 years in the Pittsburgh community. Oh, by the way, that kid who doesn't get it, who doesn't understand, who's a terrible person, who's who's dancing and not taking it seriously, you tell me that he doesn't take it seriously because Dwayne Haskins doesn't take anything seriously. That's who doesn't take stuff seriously. And I haven't heard nearly enough about that, but I did then get on any platform, whether it's television or anything, and you hear about Juju. It's, it's the, it is for dancing. I can I can assure you, if you're an NFL player and you needed to see him dance to get upset to go want to win a football game, you're not playing in the professional leagues. Like that's not real yes. life. Like that's not a thing that motivates you to go play. You just play because you're a professional. That's yeah. it. Unless you're Tom Brady, who like will do weird stuff. But uh, <laughs> but look, it, it, yeah, Haskins was fine. Forty k. And I, I get like the the team in the league. The team is doing something. Although he's still probably going to start. Uh, and they stripped him of his captaincy, whatever. Like you were gonna trade him next year. So I mean, they 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 did that to him um, because honestly, I get it. You're trying to make win. A, you're trying to win the division. Like you, at some point, you don't want to cut your nose off despite despite your face here. Uh, but to the question about like, what do you think people are harsh on Juju because of Antonio Brown stuff in Pittsburgh? No, I think people are fixated on bullshit stuff that wide receivers do and they get worried. And I have a final thought on this actually that we'll get to at the end of the show because the Juju's not the only receiver taking criticism for some of the stupidest things I've ever seen people criticize somebody for. So I want to get into that at the end of the show. But yeah, I Brown didn't have problems until his last year. Everything else that he Antonio Brown did was kept under wraps in the team. And you can't put his tenure up uh, his 10 years in Pittsburgh against anybody's 10 years anywhere including Jerry Rice. Like, he was on that kind of pace. He had a couple issues late. He showed up in the fur coat and didn't play the last game. And then we then we know what has happened since. But Juju is absolutely not that kid. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do drugs. He is a phenomenal kid that likes to have fun. He's a kid. He's still really, really young. Yeah. Absolutely not. But are people jumping on that because of that? The people are probably that dumb, yes. Yes, people are that dumb. And uh, unfortunately, that's how the media covers things. So I'm glad we talked about it. And I'm glad a lot of people in the chat were agreeing with us. They said, poor Juju, you guys nailed this one, hit it on the head. So it was a conversation that people wanted to hear, right? Because I think I've only heard one side. I really haven't heard anybody defend it. And I think it needed to, to happen. And it's not even him. It's just like the principle, right? There are other things happening that should take uh, that should take some heat. And that's not the reason that the Steelers are losing football. Hey, Delta, I've been in locker rooms for 42 years. <laughs> I can't remember once as a ball boy, coach's kid, player, anything. Somebody coming in the locker room going, did you see that son of a bitch out there <laughs> dancing on our logo? And <laughs> I had before kickoff? 
We need to jack him up. Like it never, ever yeah. have I heard anything like that ever. Uh, that's you, you mean to tell me that's not the number one motivating factor, Jake? I'm shocked to hear that yeah, for no. an NFL team. That's insane. All right, next game, Chicago Bears, as we're off on a tangent, we'll, we'll try and get through the rest of these quickly. Chicago Bears on the road playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chicago Bears are seven-and-a-half-point favorites going on the road. Jamie, you first. What's going to happen in this one? Uh, give me the Bears. They should be able to run the ball down Jacksonville's throat, play action off it as necessary. And we don't even know who's going to be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville. We don't even know if James Robinson's going to play at running back. Uh, Bears should roll. Bears 28-17, David Montgomery, big day. Bears defense looks phenomenal, probably gets some good turnovers. I think Mitch looks really good. Bears win big. All right, New York Giants going on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are an 11-point favorite at home. They've been rolling lately. Jake, you first. What's happening in this one? I'm going to take the Ravens to cover that 30-17. to I think they're going to get it done. I don't know what's going on with the quarterback position still. And the Giants, while they made a nice run, I love what Joe Judge is doing. They're playing physical. They're just kind of running out of what they're capable of doing at this point to be able to hang in there. Baltimore's still desperate. Yes, the Giants are still technically in the NFC East run, but they just – I don't like what they put on the field the last couple of weeks. I think the Ravens get this done. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is a couple of weeks ago. I would have said the line was too high, but uh, I don't like – I don't trust the quarterback situation in New York right now. Baltimore's going to roll. They have all the motivation in the world. All right, guys, the next one, another big point spread. The Atlanta Falcons going on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Atlanta played themselves a nice first half last week and then did what Atlanta does. Uh, Jamie, the Chiefs, are they going to take care of business at home? Ten and a half point spread. I think so, but the only hesitation here is that they've just decided not they don't want to blow out teams anymore. Like That's just kind of been their thing. Uh, but I can't make a compelling argument why the Falcons should stay that close in this game. They'll, they'll put up some points because they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, but I can't make a compelling argument this should be this close. I think they're going to throw it a lot. I don't know how many points they put up. I think the Chiefs roll. I got them 33-20. I'm not sure it's going to be that close. I think Matt Ryan's going to have some turnovers. He plays bad outside, especially on bad grass, windy, cold. I think the Chiefs roll in this one. All right, Denver Broncos going on the road to play the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Jamie, you first. Chargers taking care of business at home or not? Nope, I'm going to go with the Broncos to cover this. Uh, I think they have a really good chance to win. I think Melvin, the Melvin Gordon revenge game, I think they'll be able <laughs> to run the ball pretty successfully against the Chargers. I don't know. Again, it's always a gamble which Drew Locke you're going to get, but what's not a gamble is that this Chargers defense is going to be problematic for them. Uh, we'll see what happens with Keenan Allen. Uh, he's still not practicing, so we'll see how limited he's going to be in this game. Uh, look, Herbert's going to get his. He does most weeks, but I think Denver's going to actually keep this one pretty close, and I think they can win it outright. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take the Bolts to cover 33-28. Herbert looked phenomenal without Keenan Allen last week. Hunter Henry, he likes. He's oh, yeah. questionable. I think he's going to be fine. I don't know what I'm getting from Denver, man. They're so up and down. I'm going I'm to take the Bolts to win this one. All right. Bolts, it is. Down. Yeah, I'm excited to see that one and whatever the hell we're going to see from Drew Locke, which is always a surprise. Uh, the Carolina Panthers going on road to play the Washington football team. The uh, Washington football team is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home here. Jamie, obviously you said Dwayne Haskins now will play if Alex Smith cannot go. What are you comfortable going here no matter who the starter is named? As long as it's one of those two, I'm going to take Washington. Um, if it's Alex Smith, you're going to be – this line is going to jump considerably. But yeah. uh, look, Washington I'm, – again, I'm assuming Gibson's not going to play. I've, I've already wrote off multiple weeks from him when I saw him have that turf toe. Uh, but they're still – that defense is playing at such a high level at every single level they are right now. I just – the Panthers have some weapons, but 
Teddy Bridgewater's really starting to kind of show that he's still Teddy Bridgewater. Like he's solid, but there's nothing spectacular there at the moment. Uh, I think Washington's got a lot to play for. And again, that defense just is, is, is so much far and away the best unit in this game that I can't ignore that. So I think with any sort of competent quarterback play, they can do enough to get the job done at home. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's Haskins. I'm still going to go 17-14 in a barn burner. The team gets it done. The team, the team gets it done. All right, next one, lots of implications here in the NFC and in this division. That is the LA Rams going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. It is a pick Vegas does not know what is going to happen in this one, and that is because these two teams, Jekyll and Hyde, there have been some high moments and some real low moments between both of these teams, uh, including when Chris Schubert called the LA Rams the best team in the NFC. Looks like that is uh, coming back, come back to bite him with that Jets win last week. Uh, Jake, I'll let you take this one first. Who's winning? I think the Rams are capable of being the best team in the NFC, but we've seen like eight teams that I could say that about depending on the week. I'm going to go with the Rams to win 28-23. I think they bounce back big. I love when superstars get embarrassed and Sean McVay is a superstar. Aaron Donald's a superstar. Jalen Ramsey's a superstar. I think that defense plays really, really good. I think they win the division and win this game. Uh, I think the Rams win as well. Uh, this is going to be a weird game. Like I, I, This was my stay away of the week. I'm not going to be betting on this one. I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens. But uh, the Rams got embarrassed last week. There's no way to put it around, put about that. They're going to be motivated for this matchup. And Russell Wilson and company have not been playing all that great lately. Seems like one of those ones you just enjoy the chaos and don't gamble on it so your heart can uh, stay at a normal normal pace throughout that game. All right, the next, another divisional matchup, Philadelphia Eagles going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about Jalen Hurts, which has been a nice surprise for this Eagles football team. Jamie, who's going to win this one? I'm going to take the Eagles here. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a really a more exciting game than I think many are anticipating. But I really like what Jalen Hurts has been able to do. And this the the just the energy that is flowing through this Eagles team right now. We'll see how long they can keep it up. I still don't think they're a good team, but neither is Dallas at this point. Sanders is starting to look a little bit better here. I just like the juice that Philadelphia is playing with. Maybe they'll have Slay back for this matchup. Um, I, I, uh, I'm going to go with them here, but I think this is a you know four or five point game. Yeah, I got the Eagles covering that. I got a 27-24. I think it's going to be a fun, really close game. I think there could be more scoring than that. I love that this Eagles defense gets as much pressure as they get, mm-hmm. but I think Dallas could take advantage of that at times. And this Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts is now – they've got a little bit healthier in the offensive line, but they got weapons everywhere. Zach Hurts is back. They got Goddard. I mean, you just got guys everywhere. Alshon Jeffrey's become a thing again. Uh, I, I just – I like what Philly's got going on. I think Jalen Hurts has a big, solid day. All right, guys, last matchup of uh, the podcast here. Tennessee Titans going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. Really pumped up for Sunday Night Football. Mm -hmm. This is a hell of a matchup between these two teams. Green Bay, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. We've heard from Green Bay in the chat all show long. They say it's 44 and warm there. I don't know what it's going to be like on Sunday night, but uh, the the Green Bay chatter has been talking this this whole show long. Jamie, what do you think is going to happen in this one? I'm really excited for this matchup. I'm really excited too. I'm going to lean to the Packers here. Uh, and, and to me, I know they have been vulnerable at times on defense, but nowhere near as vulnerable as Tennessee has been. And that's going to still be a big problem. That lead, That's going to be an issue for them when they get to the postseason. Uh, I, here's the thing. I think Aaron Jones runs all over them. I know he, he was limited in practice today. Uh, I think both, both, both these guys are going to get – both these running backs are going to have really big days. But – 
I'm going to trust the Packers defense to make one more stop than I think Tennessee's is, which is just doesn't generate any pressure whatsoever, has all these injuries in the secondary. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers do enough to get the job done at home, but this is going to be a close game throughout. I don't give a damn if it's 44 and balmy or four. You know why? Because I ain't picking against Aaron Rodgers at home. He knows how to play regardless of what the weather is. I think I have more faith in their offense to win a shootout. I think I agree with Jamie. Both running backs have a big day. Aaron Rodgers is playing too good, man. You cannot cover Devontae Adams at this point. Tunyon's been a freaking stud. Valdez Scantling's been good. Lazard's been solid since he's been back when they've needed him. But Aaron just goes to who he needs to to do as much. I mean, they didn't look great last week against the Panthers, but I think they got enough to get this done. Man, it uh, seems like we've put a wrap on, you know, the, the the MVP campaign for Aaron Rodgers was starting to ramp up. And last week it kind of fizzled out a little bit. This could be a crucial moment for Rodgers. If he goes out showcase. and shows out, right? If he showcases on Sunday night football, they beat this football team and it's, you know, he's doing the belt in the end zone and everybody's losing their minds. This could really be a big moment. On the flip side, you could see a big game from Derrick Henry where that starts to heat up or maybe even Ryan Tannehill starts to enter into that conversation. It really is wide open. Like, I don't feel comfortable saying anybody is the MVP at this juncture. And I think there's a couple of key matchups. This is one of those that could really go a long way for Aaron Rodgers if he shows out on Sunday night. All right, guys, end of the pod. Merry Christmas to everybody that's uh, early out there from my final thoughts. But I know, Jamie, you already alluded to the fact that you had something lined up for final thoughts. So go ahead. You're up first. I do. Final thoughts. I want to talk about another stupid narrative that's going around. Right, anybody that – and this isn't quite as prevalent as the Juju stuff because that happened on national, on national TV in prime time. But people that are criticizing Justin Jefferson uh, for what a hot mic caught on the field. I question if anybody has, that is criticizing him has ever played sports at any sort of moderately competitive level like or just played in the backyard with your friend. I have said worse things about people I care about that I know personally that I share blood with than what Justin Jefferson said on a hot mic when he was frustrated that a ball was a little bit overthrown when he was open in the end zone. Like this is a nothing story. This is a nothing. He didn't run up to Kirk Cousins and yell it in his face. He was frustrated in at himself and at the moment when he said, you know, throw the effing ball, Kirk. Like he didn't get now, if he went up and went back to the huddle and got in his face and pointed his finger in his helmet, sure, that would be a problem. But if you can't see the difference between that and what happened there in the end zone, you're just looking for reasons. And that's what this is what feels like these last couple of weeks have been. Let's look for reasons to tear down great players, particularly at the wide receiver position just because we feel like it over a dance over a hot mic in the end zone of something like you've played in the backyard with your friends and they've overthrown the ball and you've said to yourself worse things like i just oh, yeah. i hate this nothing every receiver in the league says when they go oh and by the way quarterbacks do it too it however does. times you see a quarterback sit there and just go all the time like it's the just the problem with no fans is people get to hear way soft. too much we, yeah we, way too much too many football fans and commentators have gone soft. I'm sorry. This would not be talked about in the if you were if you were an NBA fan. This would be like these f fans have gotten soft. Like I don't understand what you want players to be. They are not robots. They're just going to be out there and they run their play and then they go back to the hot. What do you want for? Give you screen NFL personality like movie like, ratings. <laughs> that wouldn't even be PG-13. No. no. Like. That's not even – if you heard some of the stuff my dad says to officials mm -hmm. and it got on the mic, <laughs> you yeah, – offended would be yes. Now we're talking. If you heard some of the stuff that said 
to players in practice during the week when they do the same dumbass thing five times, it's with a whole lot more vigor than that was said. Like, come on with this stuff. Man. People are getting ridiculous. Like everybody lives on Twitter, but out loud now. Yes, it's just it's it just to me. Look, I'm not like I'm not a tough guy, I'm not a fake tough guy, I'm not gonna pretend to be a tough guy. But I also know what's a like, reasonable to expect from anybody that's played any level of athletics. Like, no, is that a conversation you have in a boardroom of a Fortune 500 company? No, but that's not the setting of what this is. This is an athletic competition with grown men that are gonna get emotional, and it was not that bad. I just, I just don't. I, it just to me, it's just it, these frustrating narratives that 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 come out that people perpetuate for no reason. There's no feud. There's no issue between Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Like, stop it. This here's is, the, here's like, the thing. Yeah, here's the, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a bow on this conversation and enter as my final thoughts. People are never happy. Okay, you're never happy because you want emotion, but then you don't like the emotion. Because you don't like what Kevin Durant does when he doesn't answer the questions, and it's not good enough when he does that, and you don't like when James Harden deflects, and you don't like when when uh, you know any quarterback or anybody starts giving you one-liners, oh, Tom Brady's a robot, this, that, and the other thing, but then somebody's honest, and you don't like it. Well, pay, figure out what the hell you want, because you can't have it both ways. You either want the emotion, or you don't want it. That's what it is. Because neither one, you, I, oh, those players suck. They never answer the questions from the media. They're dodging the questions. But then when they do answer the question, you don't like the answer. So figure out which side you want. Because you either want one side or you want the other side. These, they're human beings. If you have not said that playing sports, then I, I would challenge you to say that you've probably never played sports at a high level. I talk more shit to my brother playing basketball in the backcourt than, than, than that was said. Literally. Somebody that's my best friend that I love. Like, if you just... If you played sports, I've seen my dad get into fights with his best friends while they're playing basketball, like physical fights. And then two yeah. seconds later, they're dapping each other up, walking down the court. Like, this is just what sports is. I just don't understand. Like, it feels weird to get on this. Like, I feel like I'm like the old lady on the hill yelling down at the other people. But it's just such a strange place to be in where people are upset about something that happened like this. Like, I'm happy. I want HBO to mic everybody up so I can hear all the BS all game long because it's funny to me. I love it. Won't it won't happen with this stuff happening. Absolutely not. It won't no. happen because I've been in practice and I think it's hilarious and I laugh about it because I know it's just in the moment. It's not serious. It's not something to get upset about. This is like, that kind of man, y'all need Buccaneers need to make the playoffs so we don't have any hard knocks. Let's just be honest. Y'all need to y'all need to find more to do, man. Like that's that's my farting thoughts. If you got time to be upset about Justin Jefferson saying something in like I you just need more to do. And I got plenty of stuff that needs to get done. I got a big to-do list. So if you need stuff to do, feel free to hit me up on Twitter because I'll give you stuff to do. Trust me on that. Jake, what are your final thoughts on the on the pod today? You guys handled it well and I did my mid-show, so we're good. <laughs> the two of us took the took the old man uh, yelling off the hill. I love the old today. man got to sit back and listen. Yeah, it's just because it's so stupid, man. I don't even know. I I, I love it, Jamie. I'm glad you brought it up because I yeah. forgot about that. That even happened this week. And good Lord, that is stupid thing to get upset about. All right, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Make sure everybody knows where they can find your content over the next couple of days. Jake B. Arians on Twitter, Arians NFL on Instagram, and absolutely two athletes for the cause. Rest in peace, Kevin Green. Man, we lost a great one this week. Yeah, yeah that's very suddenly. Uh, that was it, it. 
it kind of got lost in the news cycle a little bit, but it was just it was sudden and sad. Um, it's a tremendous player. He was Hall of Fame in both, and we do definitely. It, I love it. Bill Cowher said it the, the best I've, I've heard. Heaven got better on defense. That's just yeah. If you if you didn't watch the Pat McAfee interview with Aaron Rodgers, he talks about Kevin Green and his time. He was on the coaching staff, and and McAfee talks, and AJ Hawk talks about he how he called him A to the J, and and all these fun stories about them, and and it was really a a really nice interview. So uh, rest in peace to Kevin Green, and and definitely. Uh, if you haven't heard that interview, it was a really nice um, parting moment. I think that Aaron Rodgers was very human and and talked a lot about um, what it meant to him. So it was a, definitely a really good interview. By the way, if you have Jamie, a problem with Justin Jefferson stuff that he said, don't listen to anything Jimmy <laughs> while he was because it was a whole lot worse than that. Yeah, none, nobody would be able to tolerate anything that the guys in the '80s uh, were saying. That that is for certain. Uh, Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDM Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram as well. Check out everything we're doing at thedraftnetwork.com. And from all of us, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Have a safe and good holiday. Hope you enjoy some food and football. And most importantly, enjoy yourselves. And hopefully you win yourself a fantasy football championship. Get that trophy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.